That story is incredible. You definitely have such an unconventional path that has led you to now owning your own company. But and the reality is if you go into it with an open mind and open heart and no, you know, ulterior motives where it's going to alter your behavior, then you're going to make those connections. It's going to happen organically. Hey, Summit Chasers. Welcome to a new episode of the Voices of Impact segment. Today, we're diving into the world of networking with none other than Robin Newman, a good friend of mine and the founder and CEO of Executive Medical. This was a great conversation. We had some laughs, but actually what caught me off guard was there were some tears. This was a real and raw conversation that I'm excited for you to listen to. So get ready to uncover the secrets of blending professional excellence with authentic connections and learn strategies that will redefine the way that you network. So get comfy, grab your favorite beverage, and let me know your takeaways and how you are going to ramp up your networking to start making even more of an impact. Hi, Robin. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks, Audrina. I appreciate the invitation, and I'm honored and excited to be here. Same. I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, so to kick us off, when you look back on your life, what was the most pivotal moment that really set you on your path to where you are right now? Okay. You did not prep me for a question <laughs> like that. You want to talk about opening with a loaded question. Yes. I, I was at lunch with some girlfriends today for my birthday and they I told them what I was doing this afternoon. They're like, oh, do you need to get back and prep? And I said, hey, you know, I'm talking about me. How hard can it be? Yeah. And then you open with that. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Most pivotal moment to lead, that led me to where I am today would have to be in 2008, uh, actually late 2007, I had made a decision that I, you know, I'd, I'd landed a great job right after college. Um, I'd been there for four years and it was a very... Uh, if you went job security, it was one of those jobs that provided that. I had a great boss, great team, great company, but I was bored out of my mind. (laughs) Um, And it was also there while I was working there, I got diagnosed with narcolepsy because I was a desk job and I was falling asleep all the time. But my awesome boss, he says, you know, go to the doctor, get diagnosed. And because of him, I was able to actually safely live my life and drive a car without falling asleep at the wheel. Um, But after being there and just being kind of bored to tears and not really wanting, I'm not, it wasn't interested in the advancement options there. I'd always wanted to work with animals and uh, long and short of that is I found an avenue to get into dog training Mm -hmm. and I started working my way through a dog training program that was not thousands of dollars where I could build up the hours needed to get certified and get nationally recognized, you know, actually officially recognized as a certified dog trainer so that I could eventually start and run my own business. Mm -hmm. And I had a vision where I wanted to, um, you know, maybe eventually have a half nonprofit, you know, no kill shelter and then do dog training obedience and, and maybe add other services along the way. That was kind of my long-term vision for that. And I was about six months into that. I started part-time to make sure I really wanted to do it, kept my full-time job. And eventually I thought, you know, I really love this. My husband's got a good job. We'd only been married about a year and a half, but you know, he was very supportive. So at that time we lived very modestly, no kids. And 
So I gave my notice to my full-time job to pursue dog training full-time, which was a severe pay cut. I mean, I made more money when I worked at a tanning salon in high school, you know, it was, it was not about the money at the time at all. Um, it's never been about the money, but certainly wasn't then. And I, I knew that to build, I had to, you know, start from the ground up and, and just, you know, work my tail off. And I was excited to do that. It was, you know, it was challenging, but I always said any, any job where you can kiss a puppy every day, how bad can it be? You know, I, it's right. <laughs> my dog is actually sleeping here right next to me as we speak. So I had no sooner given my notice and was literally in the last week of my job, my full-time job mm -hmm. and getting ready to transition full-time to the dog training. Um, then my husband actually had a brain hemorrhage and it was a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage. Got him to the, to the hospital. He, he literally almost died. Um, wow. the, they sat me down, you know, I'm 28 years old, barely 28 years old. And they say to me, you know, it's the overnight crew at a teaching hospital. So it was a bunch, it was residents and very nice and great, but the, the attendings and the actual specialists wouldn't be there till morning. So they say, we won't know more until the neurologist comes in in the morning, but he's had a brain hemorrhage and basically told me they didn't know if he was going to live or die. Oh, <laughs> so that was the only information I had for several hours. And, um, even thinking about it now actually kind of makes me choked up a little bit. Um, yeah. So uh, spoiler alert, he did recover fully yeah, and he's yeah. fine. In fact, by some miracle, he has no long-term side effects, which is very rare. Uh, the, the, the doctor, his neurologist, who was actually at the time the neurologist for the Colts, he had a Super Bowl ring and everything. It was kind of cool. Um, terrible bedside manner, but he was a great doctor. He told him when he released him, my husband tried to argue when he said he couldn't drive or work for six weeks. And he says, look, dude, when you came in here, you had a 50% chance of living. And of that 50% who actually live, only about 10% make a full recovery with no long-term side effects. So we feel incredibly lucky. But the way that played into a pivotal event that led me to where I am now, to circle back to your original question, yeah. as you know, I have, I'm not capable of short stories. I love your stories. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Even if it's not true, I, I appreciate you saying that. I'll choose to believe you. <laughs> So, you know, I, I've always been a, a budget queen. Um, one thing I like about numbers, they make me warm and fuzzy because they're usually pretty black and white. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sitting down looking at our budget after he comes home, cause that drastically changed everything, right. you know, we had medical bills. I remember when he called me, I was literally working and he called me at work, which he never did. And he says, Hey, I just got our first medical bill. And I said, yeah, what's the damage? He goes, it's $86,000. And he's like, and that's just from the ER. And I literally just started laughing because I'm like, if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. Right. So anyway, as I'm sitting down like our budget, even after calling and, you know, getting all the hardship discounts and everything I could, we had insurance, but I mean, just still thousands of dollars. Right. Might as well have been a million at that time. But I knew that my path that I was on was not feasible and, and it wasn't going to work for us. So I had to put my big girl pants back on, brush up my resume. Um, I actually went back to my old company and essentially asked if I could have my old job back just for, uh, just cause it was easy. I'm glad they said no, you know, and essentially they said, you know, we'd love to have you back, but we filled your position and we just, it's just not there for you. Mm. Um, but I'm glad they did cause I would have been miserable again for however right. long. Yeah. 
And um, eventually, and I'll spare all the details of this part because it's kind of boring, but eventually I landed an opportunity through a chance meeting with a friend. We were actually having celebratory drinks because I had accepted another position. Um, this was a few months later. And she says, hey, weren't you a buyer at your previous company? Because I was a buyer for a frozen and refrigerated warehouse. Numbers, again. And I said, yeah, I said, it was boring, but you know, I was good at it. She says, well, we have an opening in our company for purchasing. Um, it's a little bit different than what you were doing, but I think you'd be really good at it. Could you give me your resume? I said, I just took a job. She goes, just, just trust me on this. Yeah. Well, it was a manufacturer for a medical device company. And um, long short of it, two weeks later, I'd been offered the position with them. I had to resign at a job that I just started, which I felt terrible about. It actually took me half the day just to get the nerve up to resign. And they they were very nice about it. Uh, actually offered me a raise and a promotion to stay. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't even know me. Wow. It was... It was, but I, you know, I'm loyal to a fault. And once I commit to something, I stick with it. So it was tough, but, um, but it was a good move. And I knew that this move, just my gut told me you're going to have a lot more opportunities open up um, by making this move. So I did. And I started with that company um, in 2008 as a buyer for raw materials for a medical device manufacturer. Um, it was, you know, stainless steel and, and, you know, molded plastics and things like that, that, um, that they needed to make their biopsy products. And within a couple months, they had huge changes in their company. I won't get into that, laid off a lot of people. And then within a year, they'd laid off even more people. Um, I survived and somehow found myself within a year I was in sales. So I started in June of 08 and by June of 09, I had not only transitioned to sales, but I was helping to develop and run and train their national sales force that they didn't have. So I had to also had to help source that um, through this network of indirect um, sales force uh, options that are out there in our industry. So literally dove in head first, but yeah. I loved it. It was challenging. It was terrifying. It was incredible. And I learned so much in my six years there because it was such a small company. I had my hands in kind of every step of the process. And that has, that experience in itself has been invaluable into my long-term experience in the industry. So, um, and I'm still in the medical device industry now as a consultant, um, as the listeners may have learned, may or may not have learned in your introduction. I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard it. So um, now I'm as I'm full-time consultant and uh, specialize in, in various, various, I guess, areas uh, from the kind of GPO contracting side to uh, helping source salespeople. I don't recruit, but there are these specialty distributor networks and it's just a very specific need, but it's, a, it's very needed. So uh, it's, it's kind of a niche, I guess, skill that I've fallen into over the years. And I've also have a decent handle um, on working with 1099 and indirect sales reps, which is another kind of specialty skill because it's, it's, it's difficult to yeah. understand how to get the most productivity out of that kind of sales force when you don't have direct management. Um, you know, how do you work with them? How do you how do you want them to work with you? How do you yeah. 
you know, so it's kind of led me to where I am now. And I would have never guessed in a million years had you asked me back in 2008 when I was diving into full-time dog training that this is where I would be today. But I feel incredibly blessed. Um, it's afforded our family, afforded my husband actually eight years ago to go full-time music. Um, we could afford for him to quit jobs that he hated. He was good at them, but he didn't like them. And now, and he pursued his passion um, and he's a full-time musician and it's wonderful. So. Yeah. I love that. Your that story is incredible. You definitely have such an unconventional path that has led you to now owning your own company. And much like you, really. Audrina. <laughs> yes, yes, much like me, but we're not here to talk about me today. I um, know, but I love your story too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But that's incredible. And I think one of the things, so when I knew that I wanted to start with this question with you, I had no idea where you were going to go with it. But it's actually amazing because one of the things that you said in there is the thing that I feel like you are just incredible at. And that is networking and connecting with people <laughs> and creating these relationships. And that key part of your story there that uh, after the brain injury and having to leave dog training and then trying to figure out what your next move was, you said that you went out to lunch with a friend, sat there, and she ends up bringing you this opportunity that has determined the trajectory that you went on, right? And so I want to dive into that with you on the power of developing your network and then utilizing your network. So around that, something that I'm dying to know personally, but also I think people would find interesting is um, what has been the most unlikely connection that you've made that had the largest impact on your life or your career? Oh, man. That's tough. Uh, primarily because I've been incredibly blessed to have so many amazing people surrounding me who are supportive. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how I met them, you know, I've ultimately turned into just this amazing, some, sometimes maybe strictly business relationship, but a lot of times it's turned into a, you know, a genuine friendship. So it's hard to really, I guess, drill that down to one person mm -hmm. per se, because it, you know, I feel like I look back at so many moments and, and, and as it's specific, you know, as it's specific to my career where I just happened to run into somebody and then it turned into something really great. And then they introduced me to someone else and someone else. And that's happened. Like I said, I'm so blessed to have happened many times in my career. So to narrow it down to one person would be tough. I, I, there are, there's one person that comes to mind that I will say is probably one of my most influential and one of the people I admire most in this, in this industry that, that I've worked with for years, mm -hmm. uh, I remember back when I worked with my first company, I had called him and, and tried to get his group to represent the line that I had. And initially he passed because he had come highly recommended to me. And then ultimately we did end up getting to work together. And the very first meeting I went to, and he, his name's Terry Doherty. I'll, I'll just call him out. I've, I've told him many times how much I appreciate him and, 
value our friendship and partnership over the years. Um, but they have an annual sales meeting and it's a big to do. And, and he really treats his team, you know, his team and so, and all the companies they work with just in such a, such a respectful way. And he, you know, truly shows that he values the partnership more than just saying it. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, buying things and buying dinner. It's just everything about what he says and does. He, he backs it up. Um, and he very, very much values family and backs that up by supporting everybody around him in any way he can. Um, so that ties back to one of my very first real encounters with him. When we first started working with him, he invited me to their sales meeting. And at the time there were only two out of like 15 of their sales reps even carrying our line. Mm -hmm. But he says, I still want you to come and talk to the group because I would love the opportunity to expand our business with your company. I said, that'd be great. So I had to go in and I gave a presentation and talked about our products and in front of their team. And, um, but it was over in St. Louis, which is only about three and a half, four hour drive for me from where I live. And I hadn't planned on staying the night. Um, you know, we were always trying to minimize our expenses and stuff, especially at the time, still building, um, our, our branded business there with that company. So I thought, well, I'll just drive over, do a day trip. But I, at the time, I, I was not taking anything for my narcolepsy and that's another whole story, but, um, so driving long distances was rough. So I was talking to my mom and she says, well, I'll ride with you. And I thought, okay, cool. My mom will come meet me, keep me company. Yeah. And she's good about kind of staying in the background when need be, but she's also that person that's like the life of the party. If she's there and somebody gives her the opportunity, which I just always love. Um, once I got past the embarrassment in my teenage years, I, I embraced right. it. It was amazing. <laughs> So, uh, so we go to the meeting and I get done with my presentation and we both had gotten so tired on the drive over that we decided actually when we pulled up to the hotel before I even did my presentation, we're like, you know what, let's just get a hotel room because it may not be good for us to try to drive back tonight. So I came out and I was, um, doing something at the front desk and Terry came out and he says, you know, are you going to join us for dinner tonight? And I said, well, I wasn't planning on it. I was going to go back, but my mom rode with me and kept me company. So I'll just come and go have dinner with her and have a nice evening. He says, bring your mom. I said, are you serious? He says, yes. He goes, I love that so much. I'd love to meet your mother. <laughs> okay. So, you know, maybe some might think it a risky move in business to bring your mom to a business <laughs> dinner. Um, but I thought, you know what, again, I'll embrace it. And she came, we had an absolute ball. Um, Terry insisted she had to come back every year, but by the next year she had been diagnosed with cancer and was too sick to come. And then the following year she had passed away. So, um, but we'll always have that memory, you know, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> goodness gracious. I'm so sorry. I feel like the scene in Jerry Maguire where like at the very end, he goes on the show and he starts, he's like, you always make people cry. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me, Audrina? <laughs> I know what you're trying to do here. <laughs> no. Um, so <laughs> it, it was a special kind of first meeting and bonding experience that I yeah. shared with Terry. But beyond that, he has been an incredible mentor, sounding board, and um, just a good friend. So you know, maybe, maybe not the single most important, but definitely very influential and one that yeah, 
and, and there's, like I said, there's been so many over the years. Um, I, I, I could start rattling people off, but then I'm going to not say somebody's name and they'll say, well, you said all these names and you didn't say mine. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. That could be a dangerous But thing. the reality is, I yes, I've been blessed. And yeah. Yeah. So. so I think it goes, I mean, I, I agree. I'm sure that a lot of the times you feel like you've been blessed to have these opportunities, but I also think that you need to take ownership because you have also created those opportunities for yourself. So what would you say is, um, has allowed you to build that kind of, the kind of network that you have built and to um, have people that really just back you and support you regardless of the field that they're in? One thing I always think about when I'm in any given room, I don't care where it is, what I'm doing. Uh, one, you have to learn not to be afraid to talk to people, mm. just generally speaking. And that can be hard for some people. Talking Absolutely. to a complete stranger is terrifying. Yeah. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have a problem talking to complete strangers. Uh, but if you can get past that and remember that we're all just humans, you know, we're all just, just, we're just people just walking around trying to get, you know, make it through, trying to make, make things work and get through our day and, and make cool things happen and have fun while we're doing it. Um, you know, and at the same time, you've got to learn how to read cues and read the room. So that's where I see a lot of people trying to make connections you can't make a connection that you're forcing. Right. So if you choose to approach a total stranger, whether or not you have any ulterior motive, you you just, you have to be genuine because if it's not genuine, then people can tell that. Right. Um, I'd say well over half of my connections, even at conferences, places where people are there to connect and network come from either a funny mishap where, I don't know, I'm tripping and falling and making fun of myself or spilling a drink and someone thinks I'm like drunk and I'm not. And so it becomes a joke and yeah, I'm like, this is water. And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, just stupid right. things like that. Um, you know, so maybe be able to laugh at yourself. You know, there's that I too. That. I love that. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, don't diminish yourself, but be able to laugh at yourself uh, and, and roll with it, have fun. And that's saying just have fun because that's, I mean, I, there was one, I remember one meeting, I, we were literally leaving like this last event and there was this, you know, there's this beautiful woman walking in front of me and I looked down and she had these amazing shoes and I said, look, I don't know who you are or what you do, but your shoes are incredible. Yeah. And we literally sat there and had a 10 minute conversation about shoes and no compliments. <laughs> well, and it, but in that's what I'm getting at is like, be genuine with it. You don't right. want to walk up to someone thinking I need to find a compliment. Right, um, no, right. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes that works, you know, if that works for you and you want to do it, great, go for it. But you do have to be genuine about it. You don't want to tell someone, Hey, you have a really nice smile when they're not smiling. <laughs> it's kind of weird yeah. and awkward. <laughs> um, uh, how do you know? I'm not smiling, but yeah. So in, you know, and that turned into a conversation and I met her colleagues and then we ended up chatting later, you know, it's, it's the little things. And I think that people put way too much thought and how many contacts do I need to make? How many connections do I need to have? Who do I need to, and sure, identify all those things, have goals. Yeah, absolutely. But the reality is if you go into it with an open mind and open heart and no, you know, ulterior motives where it's going to 
alter your behavior, then you're going to make those connections. It's going to happen organically. Um, you, you just, and again, read the room. If you're, if you happen to bump into somebody, I'm sorry, excuse me. And then maybe try to make a conversation and they clearly are kind of closed off, you know, read their body language. That's the other thing too. Um, one of my communication studies teachers would kill me for saying that, uh, cause she, she, she body language would make her cringe. That's nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to the nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and how people are, are, are they open? Are they, you know, are their arms crossed? Are they, you know, facial expressions? There's a lot of things, uh, you know, even down to if they have their hands over their mouth when they're talking to you, mm -hmm. a lot of times that can indicate they're thinking something they want to say, but they're not going to say it, which could be good or bad. So there's, there's a lot of little tips just to think about, you know, it's not magic and I don't have any kind of formula. But the reality is you just have to be open to all opportunities. And one of the biggest mistakes I see uh, like people on the supplier side of my industry make is they will target providers, providers, providers. They want to just talk to the people that they know they can sell stuff to. Yep. And I will tell you some of my most valuable contacts have been from other suppliers. Right. And, you know, even if it's just, hey, I've really hit a roadblock here. You know, what have you seen? Have you, what have you done? And, you know, I've been that same resource for other people and happy to do it. And, and I think that's the other part of it too, is, you know, just make all the connections without any prejudice yep. and, and be willing to reciprocate and be, be willing to reciprocate too. Right. I mean, it's, you I mean, it, it's just, it's, it, it's my, my general philosophy in life and business is you do the right thing for the right, right things for the right reasons and you'll have success. You'll, right. you'll, you know, good things will come. Maybe not when you want them or when you expect them, but it will. And my most recent client that I started working with, I met the guy that I'm working in tandem with um, on our on our project and our mission with this company two years ago at a meeting with absolutely no intent or idea that we would ever work together because he was on a completely different side of the industry. Mm -hmm. And kept in touch with him, ended up meeting some of his colleagues and we just had a ball. They were great people, kept in touch literally just because I liked the people. They were yeah. just nice people. Right. And I had no idea that the opportunity would come and it did. And I was excited to work with them. So just a good example of how you just never know. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you said a lot of really great things there and one, of I know it's all over the place. No, no, no. I mean, it was a very common theme of like, have fun, read the room, pay attention to nonverbal cues, take a chance, be able to laugh at yourself. Um, but I think that something that you said is don't go in there with shitty intentions. Like go in there right. to genuinely just meet somebody, understand who they are, understand what what they do, where they come from. And instead of going into it and being like, okay, what can I get out of this for me? How can I have this person benefit me? I, I believe like as you do that it's not about that it's about just genuinely connecting with the other person just to get an understanding of who they are and to create a friendship maybe or like or maybe it will turn into a referral source for you for your company but you don't go into it necessarily with that intention you go into it because you it's another human being that you're walking by and you you want to connect with them absolutely and you kind of as you were talking and saying those things, it reminded me too, it's, it's, it's no different than just kind of the basics of sales mm. in that 
you make no assumptions because you don't make us, you know, making an assumption does it makes, you know, and you've heard of that, right? If you assume yeah. things, yeah, right, makes us, right, you, right, right. <laughs> ass out of you and me, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, make no assumptions about anything about yeah. what you know or don't know. I actually had someone tell me one time that I, a guy I had talked to and made a connection with, with a, excuse me, with a group that I'd been trying to uh, work a deal with and hadn't made any headway. And I walked away and I had a colleague say, you know, that guy's not the one you need to talk to. I'd say, I know, but I connected with him really well. So I'm going to start there. That guy was the one who got me to where I needed to be. He was the guy. Right. And that's not why I talked to him, but it was, it. but what I'm getting at is even someone may even tell you yeah. that person's not, okay, that's, that's your experience. Right. And it's not that I don't value others' experience. I don't, you know, I absolutely value other people's experience and, and what they've had. But when it comes to their interactions with other people, um, and of course there's some exceptions to this, but I prefer to have my own experience and form my own judgments. Uh, it's, it's, you know, everybody has their own story and that's their story and that's great. It's just, my story may be different and I'm willing to explore that and see. Um, so just don't assume anything and, and, and same idea again, kind of a basics of sales is you, you ask questions of a, you know, say a potential customer to understand their story and what, yeah. you know, maybe problems they have. And if you can be a solution, it's no different when you're making a new connection, mm-hmm. ask questions, learn about them. Yeah. And m- maybe not with the intent of solving any problems or providing any solutions, but just you approach it kind of the same way. Yeah. Who are these people? What do they do? Where do they come from? Where do they live? Oh, I've been there before. I love this restaurant there. Have you ever eaten there? You know I mean? It just yeah. take it where it takes you. Yeah. And so it's, it's really not any different than kind of this, the basic of sales. It's just applied in a different way. Yep. I, I also like to think of it when building connections is instead of like, like we had said previously, thinking about what's in it for me, think about what you can provide them. What value can you add to somebody's life? Right? Because if you're able to make a connection and provide some sort of value for them, you're going to stick in their brain. They're going to be like, oh, I remember that time I talked to Robin and she really helped me through X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. And then they might call you one day and return the favor. You just don't know. But it, the more that you can be valuable. But you also, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, the better. No, you're fine. I'd say, but you also don't want, you. And, and you're absolutely right. And I know that your intent of what I'm getting ready to say is behind this is, yeah, they may come back and help you out one day, but you can't ever expect that. And you can't be mad if they don't either. Right. You know, right. that's the yeah. thing. And and that's what I always, one of my goals of executive medical is to be a resource for, mm-hmm. uh, for any potential client or any, you know, companies that I actually partner with. And meaning I I've worked and built a network where I have resources in various aspects of the industry from your regulatory to, um, you know, even a you know, CFO contacts to you know, like fractional CFOs to um, to uh, data emitting device company who, who quantifies the data from those devices that you can contract with them. I mean, things like that, but but adjacent related services for our industry that I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not any of those things, but if I can point you in the direction um, of those people who can help you, then that's great. And that's part of when I have a conversation with someone, they'll say to me, well, what's this process look like? I'll say, well, first let's talk. I want to learn more about your company, where you are, why you're calling me. And 
if I'm even the right fit or the right person to help you, because at the end of the day, they may actually, maybe they eventually might need my help in some way, shape or form. And I am the right person, but first they may need to do X, Y, and Z before we're even yeah. there. And, and I'm honest with them. I'm like, look, I'd love to work with you. I'd love to partner with you, but here's what I think needs to happen first in my mm -hmm. humble opinion. Um, and you know, I may or may not be able to help out with those steps. And that's because I, again, I just think that if you do, it's just good business and it's just being a good yeah, human. It's exactly. And, and exactly. some might argue that I miss out on opportunities to monetize things that I do or yeah. offer by approaching things in, in, in my husband sometimes being one of them. Um, but I'm okay. I'm not starving. You know, it's, it's okay. It's, I don't need to be nickel and diming everybody for everything exactly. when I think that part of doing good business is just helping people out here and there. Yep. And I've had plenty of people help me out along the way. So, you know, pay it yep. forward. Right. Yep. I love what you said about like generally just be a good human, right? Like we don't need to overthink it. Just be a good human. Um, when my oldest daughter was about three years old, she's 11 now. That was the first time I ever remember saying to her, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, you know, all kids have, I want to be a princess or a, something, whatever. Her first ambition in life, I said, baby, what do you want to be when you grow up? She says, I want to be a good human. Oh, no. I literally oh, mama, you're doing wanted to right. be like, oh, my God. mic drop, let me record this and tell everybody yeah. how amazing of a mother I am. Yeah, no, seriously, though. But also, and like, I, I mean. Listen, I have all kinds of motherly insecurities, but I will say in that moment, I, I, I no words. Yeah. Your job is done. You've done what you needed yeah, to do. Yeah, I'm done. You're raised, yes. kid. Go get a job and right. go in the world and be a good That's human at huge. three. It's fine. So That's incredible. It, and I just, um, yeah, it's at the core. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Just be a good human, you know? I love that so much. Um, so the, the next thing when you were talking just then that I want to dive into is, so you've created this amazing network, right? Or people that are listening, they're starting to go out there and connect with other people and build their own network. What is the best way to actually then utilize that network? Uh, well, there's about a hundred different answers to that question because I've used it in many ways. I've been able to, I may have a random phone call of someone I used to work with or is with another company and they're looking for a new opportunity and they say, Hey, do you know anybody hiring? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, but what are you looking for? And I may contact three or four people that I've known and say, Hey, I have this great individual looking for work. You know, if you don't have anything, if you want to pass her resume along or his resume along, it'd be great. Um, you know, I've actually done that a couple of times, a friend that wanted to get into this industry and, uh, also using it even in my, in my consulting job where uh, I help build a sales network for suppliers who need a sales group or a sales team, and they, they can't afford or don't want to go the direction of a direct sales force. So I have all of these connections to these specialty distributor networks, and it's about finding the right fit for the company. Um, so I use that network and, you know, and every time I do inevitably, I, I get connected with somebody new again. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, it, it just, it's so many different ways through, through the contracting side and any other providers that I work with. There's a lot of them that I've met at meetings that I literally have had no reason to do business with them over the years. And now all of a sudden, 
you know, I've had an opportunity, just set up a call last week with a guy that I met at a meeting a year ago. And we just, we literally just hit it off, chatted all night and I had nothing to sell him and it was fine. But when I reached out to him a couple of weeks ago and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm now working with this new company. Do you have time? You know, he's, he's a VP of supply chain for this, this large group. And he says, you know what, I'll make time. Yeah, of course. So I think it, again, it goes back to just make those connections, regardless of who it is or what they do, just, you know, meet some new people. I am fascinated yeah. by people and the psychology of people. That's probably why I have no problem talking to people. <laughs> um, I, I spend an inordinate amount of time listening to true crime podcasts because yeah. the psychology of all these different people in the world just fascinate me, um, good and bad. It's not just murderers, you know, <laughs> cause that's a little, you know, dark sided, but, uh, but, um, but it's, but that's what it boils down to too. It's just people fascinate me. I love, I like hearing their stories, learning about them, where they come from, how they get to where they are today. What makes them tick? You know, what, what's in, and, and, you know, and hoping that because of all the people that I randomly talk to, I don't run into that one sociopath or psychopath that's going to murder me in the night, you know? Yeah, so, but we, but we go a bad direction here. Let's, let's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, oh, no, all joking aside though. It's just, yeah, it's just, you, you got to look at it as it's not scary. It's interesting. And yeah. um, just when it comes time, remember that you have those people. I've, I've had many times where I'm trying to rack my brain on how to tackle something or how to do a task. And then all of a sudden, Hey, wait, I know somebody who might be able to help me with this. And then you can't right. be afraid to ask. Yeah. So many people are also afraid to ask for help because yeah. it may show weakness or it may, mm -hmm. may make you look dumb or it may make you look incompetent. No, you're going to look dumber if you do the job half-ass or yeah. if you pretend to know what you're talking about and then it eventually will inevitably become evident that you don't like that's yeah. when you're that's when you're going to look a lot dumber than yeah. if you would have just asked for help to begin with or admitted that you didn't know what you were doing so 100%. 100%. yeah could not agree more on that one yeah so um, so use your network ask for help <laughs> you I know yeah i love that um final couple questions here this one sounds a little bit morbid, but I think that it's an important thing. Hey, speaking about. of morbid, and shout out to my girls at the Morbid Podcast, who I love. <laughs> um, when you are gone, what impact do you want to have made? In business, honestly, and this is going to sound really awful, but I don't care. I care, but I don't care. I, I mean, the legacy I wouldn't leave as business is just that people would remember me as the best compliment I think I had in business is when someone asked for a reference on me, they said, you know what? One thing about Robin is when she says she's going to do something, she does it. Mm -hmm. And that was a very high compliment. And I, I loved hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if people say they liked me or that I was pleasant to work with. Like that's a well, a lot of people are pleasant to work with. But did they do what they promised to do? Did they do what they set out to do? And did they add value to the, just to the world? I, right. I stay in this medical device industry because in a way I feel like it somehow impacts that, that very person in the facility that can get lost in our industry and it's the patient. And that's the person at the end of the day. And with what I went through with my mom, you know, I sold products at a time where if we had one malfunction, a, a very sick patient would have to go back in and get it replaced. And I couldn't help but think if that was my mom when she was still alive and this is what happened. She had to go back to the hospital for something really dumb. Someone messed up her medications and she ended up getting an infection and the infection is what killed her. 
So I think about the little things that we do every day. Mm -hmm. And when I would go to my team and say, hey, our product's breaking and it's causing problems. And they'd say, oh, well, it's not statistically significant. I'd say, in whose mind? Is it statistically significant to my mother who has to go back in and get this product replaced and get an infection and die? And I would say yes. So I just, in business, I'd like to be remembered as she's just someone who you know did the right thing for the right reasons yeah. and, and helped as many people as I could and maybe a little bit successful while I did it um, yeah. and, and however people define success. Um, but on a personal level, uh, the mo- most important thing for me to leave behind is, is building a foundation with my kids. Um, I want them to remember somebody who was always kind and did everything they could to support their family and love their family and be there for their family. And much like my mother before me, if anybody ever, I remember there was a couple of times in years past, my husband would be like, you sound like, just like your mom. And I'd say, thank you. Yeah. You know? Um, and he loved my mother. So that was, that was not a stab at her, but you know, just, I, I just, if I can raise two little tiny good human people that come in to be good humans and and value other people and are kind, um, my proudest moment was I looked at my six year old's report card a couple days ago, and the one skill that she mastered because they have it in like needs improvement, whatever, the skill she had mastered was respecting school authority, and I'm like manners and respect, man, yeah. and kindness, like those are we just drill that into their head, so. I guess if you ask what kind of legacy that I would want to leave is, is you said multiple things, but that's what it boils down to. I love that. And that is beautiful. And I think that you are already doing that considering Thank you. the things that your children are saying and achieving right now at such a young age is, is amazing. Um, final question here. What summit are you currently chasing? Oh boy. Work-life balance, quite honestly. Okay. I'm, I'm blessed to find myself in a position where my business is growing and I'm not at a level to be, you know, hiring a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. um, directly, but I'm at that place where it'd be nice if I had someone. (laughs) Um, and so it's really important to me that, you know, I am home sit down and have dinner with my family at the dinner table, no less than once or twice a week. I mean, I'm always home for dinner, but we don't always eat at the dinner table, but we, we try to make a point of it at least once or twice a week to have dinner at the dinner table. Um, and my youngest goes to bed at seven because they get on the bus at six 30 in the morning. So if I don't get home from my, and I, I have a home office, but it's still about 15 minutes from my house. And so if I leave here at five and I'm home, 515, 530, we eat dinner and, you know, maybe hang out for a half an hour and then it's time to get ready for bed. So trying to find a, a better work-life balance as my vision for my company goes the direction I'd like it to go, mm-hmm. uh, just working to manage that growth and um, still manage my own, maybe sometimes unrealistic expectations of myself and, and, you know, what I want to be to my family and home life as well. So I love that. Well, thank you so much 
for talking with me today. I really enjoyed that conversation. I think there's a lot of golden nuggets all throughout it. I'm very, very excited to get I'll let you pick those out. (laughs) (laughs) Not dropping. Thank you, Audrina. You, um, you're amazing. I just, just adore you. And, and that's another connection that was really random. If we, if maybe we should, maybe before we go, we should tell the people how we met. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Take it away. Yeah. Can I? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So I was with my previous company. This was, uh, gosh, I guess I first met Zach. Oh man. Two years ago. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yeah. I think, uh, so I had gotten a call. No, it might've been longer ago because I think I was still with my other company before I went to consulting long short of it. I got a call from the company that he was working with at the time and it was a salesperson and they were basically trying to sell me their product. And after 15 minutes, I had reversed the conversation asking more about them and what they do. And he was asking about me and what I do because I was no longer with that company or I wasn't doing that, whatever. And so he was asking more about what I was doing and then decided that I needed to be on their podcast Mm -hmm. and then connected me with Zach uh, for another conversation. And through you know several conversations with Zayitz, I, I think our first call was scheduled for I don't know fifteen minutes, and we talked for an hour, and you know, and just continued to talk with him on several occasions, and had some informal coaching from him, which was amazing. And then eventually, he says, "You need to meet somebody. She's incredible, and I think you guys could could help each other out." Yeah. And I remember our first conversation. I told you, I said, "You know, I may go to some mentoring direction. I don't know." which I haven't. And I, I think I'd rather just do that as it happens organically and right. for friends here and there, you know, that's, it's, I, I feel like when you do, there's a lot of people that are greater men, mentoring and they monetize it and it's great. And you know, that's, but as far as like a one-on-one, I, yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't know if that's for me, but I've truly enjoyed getting to know you, Adrena, And it's definitely brought us to a place where we've also met many other incredible women out of it. We have. Um, who are very supportive and helpful and instrumental as well in getting me to my next, my next yeah. steps and, and helping me continue to uh, chase that summit. <laughs> I love that. No, I'm, I'm so grateful that Zach connected us when he did. I think we immediately hit it off and have built a friendship over the last year and a bit now. It's been, yeah, it's been over. And we've never met in person. We need oh, to. Know. But I feel like I know you. I do. I do. I it's, it's, it's amazing. Yep, so, it's been, so thank you, Zach. <laughs> I know, right? Thank you. Shout out, Zach. <laughs> um, Shout yeah. out to Zach. Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of Voices of Impact. I really hope you enjoyed it and are able to take some of what you learned and use it to help you chase your next summit. I would love to hear your key takeaways below. Follow us on all social media platforms at Summit Chasers Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to turn on your notifications so you can stay up to date as we release new content all the time. Until next time, keep chasing your summit and I will see you in the next one.